You're listening to Strange by Nature, your guide to the strange, weird, unbelievable, and improbable wonders of the natural world. Hello, everyone. Thanks for being here today. I am Kirk Mona, and I am joined today by Rachel Ginza and Victoria Thompson. We are all professional naturalists who together have scoured the world for weird and wonderful wonders just to please your mammalian brain's desire for novelty. Isn't that nice? Let's do this. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Uh, you know, I want to start things off by saying some things a little different this week. Of course, Victoria is not here, so we have another special guest. We have Maura Armstrong from... All Around Science Podcast. Do you want to say hello? Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for being Absolutely. here. Yeah, thanks for being here to bring more strange, weird science topics to the masses. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like when I, I mentioned who you are and, and what podcast you're with, but tell us a bit yeah. about that. Yeah, well, uh, I am Maura, a general science enthusiast. Uh, that's a, been a lifelong thing we for love me. That. Yes, yes. Uh, and a Excellent. friend of mine, Bobby, and I, uh, we met up at Gen Con in 2019. Um, nice. And yeah. uh, hung out for a bit. And instead of talking about gaming the whole time, talked about science. So we thought, I wonder if people would want to hear us do this every week if we recorded these conversations. And uh, so we started doing that and started All Around Science uh, back in 2020. And oh, here we are. Amazing. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, yeah, we are uh, just a general kind of science podcast. So, we talk about, we, we love talking about brains. We love talking about tiny robots. That's I because mean, all, they're so all weird. Of, all sorts of weird. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They're both now, so weird. Point of clarification Do you talk about ro tiny robots with brains or tiny brains with robots? Oh, you know. It hasn't, we haven't that, had a crossover okay? yet. <laughs> but, All right, maybe someday. <laughs> if that goals, happens, right? I don't know. I think there's going to be fireworks or something because that would be very exciting. Kirk, those sound like that's, those, that, that's an exciting mashup. Really? Really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh boy. That, that, it, <laughs> what I'll, is I'll, I'll, I'll debate you on that and we'd have a whole, like, a whole show just on that. <laughs> awesome. Maybe we'll, well have to have you on sometime and you can you can, absolutely, we can talk yeah. AI. But yeah, we it's a it's a really fun <laughs> show. We love uh we dig do a deep dive every week and we talk about science news um uh as well. So would love to have some of your listeners stop on by. I'm sure one or two of your listeners are are science nerds. Oh, at uh, least yeah, one it's, or it's, two. You know, <clears throat> one or two. Yeah. One mm -hmm. or one or two. I think that's <laughs> fair to say. Yep. Well, great. Thanks again for being here. Uh, I'm going to kick things off this week. Um, and I'll say if you're around my age, uh, you likely saw the award-winning 1986 hit movie Stand By Me. Anyone seen that one? It sounds no, familiar. I, I don't think I've seen it. I'm sure it. Somebody, heard the song? somebody in the audience. Oh, yeah. You heard what? There's a song, We've right? heard the Stand song. By me. Is that the same thing? Absolutely, yeah. And the song like pl kind of plays a role in the film. It's If you haven't seen it, it's a really great film. It won all kinds of awards. There was lots of memorable scenes. Uh, it's basically a story about these, uh, these young 12-year-old like, boys who are having to go on this sort of coming-of-age journey, um, <clears throat> actually to go find a dead body. It's very strange. Amazing. It's, it's based on a Stephen hmm. King. It was Stephen the 80s. Stephen King short story <laughs> called The Body. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's very much eighties, but actually it's set like in the 1950s is when it's set. 
Ah, so okay. uh, there's this, there's a lot of like memorable scenes, but there's one that is uh, very much burned into my brain. The boys have to wade through a shallow body of water uh, on their great epic journey. And upon coming out the other side, one of them yells, leeches! There it is. And <clears throat> yeah, they, they peel off their clothes trying to find them all. They're like stuck to their back and their legs and their neck and they're huge and they're bloody. Okay. And uh, <laughs> the, the lead character is played by a very young Will Wheaton. Uh, oh. And he discovers that one of them has somehow made it all uh, the way through uh-huh. and under his underwear uh-huh. and attached... To the uh-huh. worst possible location. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'm thinking of like showing three, this on screen. Three different options it's, it's, for this location. I, I have uh, one main one they, that's thinking. They, look, they don't specify <laughs> other than to say it was in a certain region. All you right, don't okay. want to find a giant leech. Um, it, it, this, those of you who've seen this, like you're like, oh yeah, no, this scene makes quite an impression. Uh, it kept it a whole generation of kids from ever considering playing in or near water. It was kind of terrifying. Uh, so this week, let's talk about leeches. That's yes. my sentence. Oh, man. Leeches are certainly strange creatures. Uh, they're also ones that cause considerable heebie-jeebies. Mm. Uh, I told my wife I was doing this as my topic this week while she was sitting on the sofa, and she, like, visibly shivered and made, like, a strange <laughs> noise. <laughs> So I mean, I like also leeches. did similar motions just now. <laughs> yeah, kind of like ugh, full body shudder. Uh, I think the main reason is that they're bloodsuckers. Mm. And, and what don't we like? Mosquitoes, ticks, and leeches, right? Mm-hmm. Things that steal our blood, we generally aren't a fan of. Well, but I mean, Kirk, our like... blood should stay in our bodies. That's where it's supposed Correct. to be. That's a strong, strong Close human system. need to keep the blood inside our bodies. Um, and in a specific part of our bodies, not just you know, floating around. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the thing, like you think about mosquitoes, ticks and leeches, um, you know, people don't usually get squeamish about mosquitoes, right? Unless you kind of smack one and smear some blood on your arm. Yeah. Even that's not as like, you know, it's not the same as that visceral, like Ugh, of a leech. So I think part of it is leeches have no legs. They slither. They seem slimy and wet. They stick to us. They mm. suck our blood. They really just tick all the boxes for mm-hmm. being, like gross, right? Mm-hmm. They're kind of so, like water snakes or sorts. Yeah. The more I think I like about this, snakes. more I'm thinking like uh, maybe I should have saved this for a Halloween show. But we're just <laughs> we're just going for it. Uh, so we all know that leeches suck our blood, but that's actually kind of a misconception. Uh, there's 680 different species of leeches uh, that have been identified in the world. Uh, 65 of them live in North America, where we're recording here. Um, and not all of them are sanguivores or blood eaters. Right. Uh, while it's common for leeches to suck blood, not all of them do. Um, and humans are usually not even the preferred host, even when they do suck blood. Some of them are host-specific. You know, they only want the blood from certain things. So mm-hmm. leeches will attach to fish, turtles, uh, and other animals. And they're even, here's here's the big the big thing here, they're even terrestrial leeches that's right oh, I don't leeches like that. that don't have to be in the water are they just in the ground I'd, they're crawling around on Ooh. the ground yeah they on don't the live ground in water at all. not in the ground on the ground okay yeah. cool so they live on land and they mostly hunt things like snails i will point out this is mostly in the tropics uh okay. so that's when i learned Where that i was wet like enough mm. for them to be able to yeah write. that's probably part of it probably part of it uh but there is an asterisk by that but we're going to come back to um, so they're they're hunting down not just snails, but even mammals. 
Uh, there was one study I found from Vietnam uh, where they did some really cool science. They took blood from terrestrial leeches and were able to isolate DNA from them and figure out what they had been feeding on. So they found blood from rabbits, deer, badgers, and even a goat-like creature called a sero. Uh, okay. So yeah, we're not even safe from leeches on land. Oh, oh, but Kirk, you say, I don't live in the tropics. Well, here's that little asterisk for oh, you. Oh, boy. Um, scientists have now identified three species of terrestrial leeches right here in North America. One was discovered in New Jersey Kirk, in why? 2009. Oh, just wait, Rachel. <laughs> it's also the largest leech in North America. No. Coming in at 30 centimeters or oh, about 11 no. inches long. How, no. how did it take us till 2009 to find this That's leech? That's an right? question. Someone, someone found it in leech. their yard while they were mow mowing the lawn. Oh. Uh, it, it's... Oh, was this just a large long. specimen or was is this no it's not they collected a whole bunch of them oh, imagine an almost no. foot-long terrestrial leech in new jersey <laughs> uh, don't put that in your hot dog bun not the kind of foot long oh, no, no um now the good news the good news they don't attack humans so we got that going for us that, that's good um, i guess what, yeah that, that's the, a silver yeah. lining <laughs> what do yeah, they eat right? Um, you know, I couldn't find good information on that for what they were eating. Um, so I'm not going to even speculate. Those things that live on the land, though, I can tell you that. Right. Well, speaking of things living on the land or, or kind of the opposite of that, of the 680 identified species, 100 of them live in salt water. So, yes, there are even leeches in the ocean. Rachel, you're a big fan of the ocean. I uh, do love do the you ocean. Like that they, do you like that there are saltwater leeches or would you prefer you didn't know that? I mean, there's a lot of things I'd prefer not to know about the ocean that I already know. <laughs> this it's can just be added onto that list. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the blood sucking is the thing we all remember. So let's talk about that. So leeches are often species specific, like I said, uh, which is part of why they aren't all attacking us all the time. Uh, when they do find a tasty human, though, they'll actually scrape at the skin. They're not really biting. They're kind of scraping, scraping and they're going to scrape the skin until it starts to bleed. And then they suction cup themselves to the wound so they can drink up the blood. They actually release an anticoagulant uh, called, I believe it's called hirudin or hirudin, uh, that keeps the blood flowing. Okay. And it takes between 20 and 60 minutes for a leech to feed. And then it will just detach itself. But you don't need to wait until that happens. Um, since they're not biting to stay on, it's just like a suction cup. You can actually just get your fingernail under them and whoop, pop them right off. I think part of the revulsion at leeches has to do with all, with the anticoagulant. This is sort of my, my theory. Probably, here. yeah. So remove it, removing them is easy. And all they've really done is scratched you, right? And usually we don't freak out about a scratch. But because of the anticoagulant, the wound seems to bleed a lot mm. more than you would expect from a scratch. So like mm -hmm. mentally seeing a lot of blood that doesn't seem to want to stop probably makes leeches seem worse than they really are, which is like, oh, something scratched me. You know, I get scratched up in the woods all the time, and I'm not like, oh, the woods, no! You know, so <laughs> I think that's probably part of it. Now, I do have to share one lovely uh, tidbit I came across while reading up on leeches for this week, uh, and it came from the, let's see, from the Wikipedia page. Remember how I said that they are easy to remove, right? That is the general consensus, but Wikipedia <sighs> did offer this one horrifying sentence oh, no. that I just absolutely had to share. Oh, no. Quote, internal attachments, such as no. inside the nose, 
are more uh-huh. likely to require medical intervention. Oh, gosh. Oh, that's not an okay sentence just to put out there into the world. Oh, I don't my like that. gosh. Gonna my oh, dreams. my gosh. Now, there was a citation to a medical journal, so of course I had to click that. Oh, and it was treated to the lovely article, uh, which is called Unilateral Epistaxis After Swimming in a Stream. And this was in the Hong Kong Medical Journal. Uh, epistaxis is just a fancy medical way to say nosebleed. Uh-huh. And the journal details a story of a 55-year-old woman who reported nosebleeds and nasal blockages. Uh, and they discovered a leech stuck up her nose, <laughs> feeding on her m- meaty insides. Uh, and it, it had been there for a month. Awful. Uh, I'm not sure. It's not supposed to take that long to feed. So I don't know if like it started feeding and then it couldn't get back out or just liked it there or what. But it had been there for a month. So luckily this is extremely rare. And the whole point of writing it up in a medical journal was because no one had ever heard of this happening before. So Ugh. we got that going for us. But swimmers beware right so look that's 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 what i got for you this week loads and loads of leeches uh there's so much more we could talk about leeches but we're gonna stop there uh my sources this week were the university of wisconsin uh wikipedia and a graduate thesis by beth ann warchansky uh which i think how you say her name uh which is where she describes her taxonomic work on that giant new jersey land leech uh, so that was just kind of uh, written up in someone's uh, graduate thesis, which is pretty cool. That's so that's what I got. Thanks, you know, Kirk. You know when you explain something and it kind of demystifies it and makes it less yeah. horrifying and gross? That that didn't happen today. It did not. The opposite no, can also that occur. Was, <laughs> that was not not the end end result. No, no, yeah. we didn't even go into all the, like the the medical leeches and stuff like that. That's yeah, that's yeah, that's a whole thing. Hey, <laughs> uh-huh. oh my gosh. God. We'll tell you what, we're going to take a quick, quick break. Um, and when we come back, we'll have some more Strange by Nature for you. Strange by Nature podcast is brought to you by listeners like you who have joined the Society of Strange, our membership group on over at patreon.com slash strange by nature. Society of Strange members can join at one of three different membership levels and help support the show and also get some fun stuff like water bottle stickers or access to a super secret content. So a thank you to those who have joined already to help make this podcast possible. If you haven't joined yet, we'll see you soon over at the Society of Strange at patreon.com slash strange by nature. See you soon. All right, we're back. And I hope that there's a few people still listening after hearing about leeches for for a few minutes. <laughs> I think I think our listeners know what they're getting themselves into. I, 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 I hope, hope so. that's why they're here. So yeah. That's good. I I I I hope so too. Um I want to talk a little bit about glass frogs. Have either of you heard about <gasps> glass frogs? I have. Uh-huh. Oh, uh-huh. I have to yeah, take this off cool. my list. They're so cool. They're very cool. If you Google glass frogs, you'll usually see a photo of a frog attached to a pane of glass. Um, mm-hmm. But that's not why they're mm-hmm. called glass frogs. When you take the photo, you can see all of their insides. You can see their yeah. intestines, their heart. If they're a female, you can see eggs. Uh, they are yeah, awesome. almost completely transparent underneath. On top, oh. on the back, most species of glass frogs, and there's about 150 of them. Most of them oh, are wow, like okay. a bright green. Um, oh, and uh, cool. and they're, not, they're not fully transparent from the back. 
they're kind of translucent. Uh, so they have, yeah. they kind of have uh, blurred edges. And, and you would think being transparent, that's a great way to hide. Of yeah, course. Yeah. But translucent, I mean, why, why would translucent? Yeah. But also like you could still see organs and things. So I feel like that's not. <laughs> not ideal. You're not, not seeing ideal. all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. translucent. You did mention, and maybe this is what you're getting at, but the kind of the blurriness of it. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. about when things are are kind of hard to in nature, like the whole idea of camouflage and whatnot. If you can blur the lines, you can soften the edges. Mm-hmm. Often, the brain just sort of skips over that object and doesn't mm-hmm. see it. Um. So I would guess it maybe something to do with that. But. Well, it's really interesting because they have that. You know, they, they blend in already with the bright green backs. Um, but they did actually test this. Is it better to have a frog that looks very much like a leaf? It's opaque. So they, they created gelatin frogs, a group of scientists. <laughs> some I that were this. opaque and some that Amazing. were translucent. And the yeah. translucent ones lasted longer. They weren't targeted as frequently by predators because of, they call it oh. edge the diffusion. Predators are like, what are these oh, gummy bear yeah. frogs out there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so this edge diffusion, diffusion is basically just means it better blends. There's less contrast. So you're absolutely yeah, perfect, right. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then it's also cool because the underneath of the frog is transparent. And so the light from the leaf reflects into the frog. It oh. makes it oh, closer cool. yeah, yeah. to the color. Yeah, yeah. Closer to the color. Yeah, that's wild. It's really neat. Um, but there's some recent research that I really wanted to talk about today. There is a type of glass frog, Fleischmanni glass frogs, that actually become more transparent while they're sleeping. Wild. Nice. Isn't that... <laughs> that's so cool. That's wild. Yeah. They're sleeping and yeah. become less pigmented that's mm-hmm. crazy and okay so that is that makes total sense i said do they do they know is the how what that means that like then? they are like actively thinking or like controlling their pigment right are they controlling that, that yeah exactly so this this was the question because they brought this frog um they had a few in uh in captivity and they observed okay. this happening, and that's not something they had seen or noticed before. But when you see the contrast, when you see it happen, it's quite obvious. Even to the naked eye, you can actually see it become more transparent. Very cool. Uh, wow. So the this this was published in November of 2022, so just a few months ago. Okay. And to figure out how this was happening, they used a really cool kind of imaging technique called photoacoustic microscopy. And Sounds fun. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to quote, I'm going to give you a quote from the National Geographic article that I read about this. Uh, this mm-hmm. is a quote from the lead of this study, the lead scientist, Kalos Taboda. When pigments absorb light, part of the light that is absorbed then produces heat. And that heat creates a local change in pressure, which creates sound waves. Okay. So the pigment absorbs light. Part of the light makes some heat that creates a pressure change. And then that pressure change generates sound. Now, it's not sound that you and I can hear. Whoa, okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty wild. So this is why we need tools to do it. Photo, acoustic, (laughs) microscopy. Right. And you can cool. measure, using this technique, you can measure transparency with not just oh, light, right. but with sound waves. Uh-huh. Sure, sure. Um, 
And what's really Are cool about frogs using this as a no- as making their own sounds? Is that what's happening? They're sleeping and so they don't want to really make any sounds? Oh, that's an interesting thought. I wonder if there's any any creatures that can detect that sound. Huh. Because we can't, but I that's wonder all. if there are. That's Whole a really good question, Rachel. That was not one that was answered by this study. What they wanted to know was how they were how they were creating this transparent effect. How is a gotcha, pretty yeah. important thing, yes. Yeah, yeah. So that was what they were studying. Yeah, that was but my first question. That's a really yeah. interesting thought. Um, yeah, definitely room for more research. Uh, so what's cool about this technique, too, is that it works on hemoglobin in blood cells. So okay. for those who don't know, that's the red pigment that holds oxygen in our blood. And uh, what they found was that the distribution of oxygenated hemoglobin through the frog decreased right. by 96.6% when they Whoa. were sleeping. Ooh, wow. That's not great. Okay. That's a lot of o- not oxygenated blood there. Yeah, okay. yeah, this is, this is... Yeah, n- normally that would seem like a really bad outcome. It doesn't <laughs> sound good. It sounds really terrible. But uh, frogs do this. Like, frogs can can freeze themselves. They can hibernate. They, they do yeah, all yeah. sorts mm-hmm. of crazy things. And so... It, it's a little bit different than than us. If that happened to us, I think that means you're You'd pretty much done. Not you're great. dead, yeah. You're dead. Yeah. Um, but here's the big question. Where? Where did all that blood go? Blood is, is, is not transparent. Um, it is really quite opaque, in fact. And so it has to go somewhere, and it's hiding somewhere uh-huh. in this frog. They figured out right. That it was 80, 89% of their blood, a total of 89% of their blood was being diverted into their liver. Why? Well, okay, that makes sense, yeah. So in the liver, there, there's they have like sacs, like containers for blood. Uh-huh. But there's two problems here. One is blood is still opaque, and now right. it's concentrated in this one spot. So, so why don't we have this dark spot you know, where yeah, the liver is. even more visible, right? Exactly, exactly. This, they figured this out. The sacs are lined with reflective crystals. So you know how... Um, of course they are. Yeah. Of course yeah. they are. <laughs> Crazy, right? Yeah. Uh, so this is a similar effect to um, like at nighttime when you shine a light on, on, on an animal's eyes. Some of them have eye shine, that reflective... Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, retina, yeah. Um, but the other, there's a second problem here. Why doesn't it clot? Yeah, that's a lot of sure, blood yeah. in a liver. Yes. And they don't know why. That is the big next question. And what's crazy about this research is it's an incredible opportunity because we know glass frogs, they their blood does clot when they're wounded. They have that ability, but they are somehow stopping it from clotting every night, every time they sleep or during the day. I think they're, they're uh, nocturnal. Uh-huh. And and then they successfully bring it back out most of their blood um, and do it all again in the next 24 hours. And this is huge because clots, you may know, are a huge problem when it comes to health. Yeah. You don't want yeah. them in the wrong place. I wonder if they have some way, because it's the platelets in your blood that cause the clotting. So I'm wondering if there's somehow they're taking like the red blood cells back into the liver, but leaving the platelets out in the plasma and that's like you know, there's some sort of filtering mechanism to not bring all the tr- pack all the platelets into. Maybe might, oh, I really don't. I, I have to admit I don't. Um, it's too bad Victoria's not here here this week. She may have more insight into this. But the idea of you know your 
generally, <laughs> when things are going well, you don't get blood clots, you know, in your blood. I'm not really sure what the triggering mechanism of platelets is. Is it exposure to oxygen? Um, is it the just the the density packing in? Like uh, that'd be interesting to know what that triggering mechanism is, and that may have something to do with it. Clotting is is really complex, and there's 13 yeah. different factors with two at least two different states, and they all interact in such a really complicated way that you wouldn't know exactly which which factor immediately is is causing it to remain unclotted. Um, Interesting. So there's no, there's definitely no silver bullet for this, but it could be uh, that platelet theory is really interesting. Um, another thing, um, aspirin will make your platelets kind of like slippery, so maybe they have something going mm -hmm. on there. Um, oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's. Well, there, that's yeah. the thing about like ev evolution. It's, it's. This has clearly evolved to happen. Um, it's going to do so in a way that works. Mm -hmm. And so it's that the mystery becomes like, well, how, like, you know, there, there might be multiple ways that it could have happened, but it only happened one way in the glass frog. So we yes. got to figure out what yeah. that one way was, you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. it has a That's lot what of... The, the fun mystery of science is, is figuring out, we know what happened, but how? <laughs> like, <laughs> how, how did that exactly. happen? Exactly. Yes. So glass frogs, uh, you thought they were cool and now they're even cooler. Oh. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh, Maura. Just Isn't that crazy? Oh, it's just mind-blowing. Oh, Super wild. cool. Well, let's uh, let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll have a third story from Rachel. Hey, listener, are you the kind of person who's like curious about things? Like, do you ever just wonder how or why something is the way that it is? Like, like how are clouds made? I've got a podcast for you. It's called All Around Science. It's a weekly science podcast where me and my co-host Mora geek out about the interesting sciencey things that we've been thinking and learning about. So, I know you're curious about things. So are we. Let's be curious together. Listen to All Around Science where podcasts are listened to, or go to allaroundscience.com. All right, welcome back, everyone. Uh, so, Maura, it's very interesting that you decided to talk about um, uh, frogs today uh, because I actually want to talk uh, a little bit about a certain... It's called a toad. Mm -hmm. um, oh, okay. That has some really fascinating adaptations. Um, so... It's a really extreme case of like a motherly love, at least from like a human's perspective. Um, so we're going to go down across the Gulf of Mexico and we're going to head out down to South America where gotcha. the three of us were exploring the Amazon ra rainforest, which uh, obviously I feel like we need to feature more on this show because there it, yeah. it's the Amazon rainforest. Amazing place. Amazing place. So many different cool adaptations. Um, but we're exploring uh, some of the more slower moving creeks and streams. Uh, and I point out what looks to be a leaf floating in the water. I would assume there's lots of leaves floating uh -huh. in the water. Right. It's we're in a rainforest. Um, but we take a closer look uh, and it's very clearly a very flat toad. <laughs> about oh. four to eight inches long. Oh, wow. How so... flat are we talking? real flat like its legs 
and both of its front and back legs are like I'll get into it. Um <laughs> it's probably I I can't describe it. It's very it's very flat. Um like you know how you think of like toads being like really round? Mm. Yeah, they're the, they're the most bulbous and uh Exactly. Not they're not real svelte usually looking like there. bulk. Right. Yeah. Th- this does not They're have big that. boned. They're big boned. <laughs> right. Um the head of this particular toad is triangular. It has the tiniest of eyes and its skin is kind of a variation of brown so that way it helps camouflage and make it look like a floating leaf, all right? Okay. What we're looking at is the Suriname toad also known as the star-fingered toad, Pippa Pippa. Aww, That's very cute. I, I love when the um, the genus and species epithets are like the same, like Cardinalis, Cardinalis, Bison, uh, Bison. That just makes my life Ursa, easier. Ursa, Ursa. Uh, bufo, yeah. Bufo. Uh, so good. <laughs> bufo, Bufo. Um, so generally speaking, it's an aquatic toad. So it mostly spend it spends pretty much all of his time in the water uh and there's a few things besides that that make this toad strange so like i was saying instead of that typical frog toad frog toad pose where they like sit mm. and their back legs are all bent and it's like leapfrog you mm-hmm. know um these toads sit like they're competing in the plank challenge from 2012 <laughs> just Full on as flat as they possibly can get. There are both their front and back legs just straight out. Very plank like. Um, they also have no tongue. So they actually have to use really? suction to bring prey in. Yeah. Huh. So they are ambush okay, predators, weird. but they don't have weird. a tongue. It's so weird. But what's really wild about these frogs or about these toads, I should say. Yeah. Is their mating strategy. So to attract the females, males will snap their hyoid bone to make a really sharp, like, metallic click noise. So they'll do this in the water to attract a female, which also I don't like that they're snapping or, like, like bending their hyoid bone. That feels important. Um, feels, yeah. Feels I have a weird. question. Where yes. is the hyoid bone? Ah, good question. So a hyoid bone, humans have it too. It's um in your throat. So okay. it is near your mouth. Uh like it's in with the um like the voice box. Okay. Um generally speaking, a hyoid bone bone is a um excuse me. A hyoid bone is a really fragile piece of bone. Uh like not to go there but i'm gonna go there when um they're looking at like strangulation victims for murders oh, and stuff mm-hmm. I, if that's been broken if that's been broken that's how they know rather than suffocation kind of thing Sorry, so y'all. when you say snapping are you talking like a flicking guitar string type snap or like br- it can't can't be breaking is it no they're not breaking it. it's like a guitar okay. string like snap oh okay so they're flicking it, like it okay they're able to plucking look, it flick perhaps it. yeah flick their hyoid bone to make this really sharp click noise. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. That's way better than what I was picturing. Right? Rather than breaking it into little bitty pieces. Yeah. That sounds horrible. <laughs> so Suriname toads use amp- amplexus, 
which isn't that strange when it comes to like a lot of aquatic creatures, especially like toads or frogs. Um, Amplexus is... Okay, you got to explain what that is, right? Yes. Uh, oh, good. I am. Yes. Uh, so Amplexus is where the male of the species will uh, hold on and attach to the female, like generally on her back um, for a long period of time. Like their limbs lock in place and they can't be removed. Mm. Um, in this particular case, it's for up to 12 hours um, as they mate in the water and quite literally are like flipping around while they're doing this. Um, oh, what a nice tie into our Valentine's episode. <laughs> I was going to use this after a Valentine's Day. <laughs> and I still been... am, technically. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Oh, it gets better. Uh, so all of this is happening. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen the photos. I know where this is going. Oh, good. good. I'm, I'm in the dark. I'm, I'm, I'm following... <sighs> I'm following along. I trust you, Rachel. I'm not. You should. Oh, no, no. expression does not look positive. (laughs) It's not. Um, You shouldn't trust me. Uh, So uh, what happens as this is as they're mating for up to 12 hours, which what a long time to do that. uh, The females will release anywhere from 60 to 100 eggs. And then the males will fertilize those eggs while in the water and still attached to the female so amplexus is a way for toads and frogs to ensure that the mating is that it's their babies kind of thing right sure then um this is why i said you shouldn't trust me because the eggs will then kind of float over and embed themselves into the female's back oh like her back gets Completely covered by eggs, right? Yeah. Completely so covered. How, how does oh, that wait. happen? How do the eggs get on? Oh, well, like they don't float away in the water. They are They don't deposited. float away. They're Got depositive. Because remember, this is a slow-moving, very like gentle yeah. type space. Um, so she'll lay those eggs, and then the, the fertilized eggs will attach themselves to her back. And then her skin will grow around them Ugh. to make a pocket Ugh. for each egg. Um, it looks kind like of like sinking a down into her skin. Like It does, but uh. it, her skin is actually growing up around them, kind of like okay. a honeycomb kind of sure, situation. Sure. The uh, Pictures of this particular toad went around, uh, I think, a couple years ago because uh, people really, really don't like things that... Ugh have holes in them yeah that's the uh, tripophobia right yeah yes it is very gross if you have that then do not look at a picture of this toad because yeah maybe avoid our instagram post this week (laughs) yeah if you're not a fan of honeycombs or or you know uh lotus one lotus uh, seed pods like anything like that that's what you're that's like the toad's back it's it's pretty gross and i don't i'm okay with most of that stuff but it's it's pretty gross looking. Yeah, it is. Um, and then, so she will, for the next three to four months, she will actually carry these young in her back. Um, and they don't go through, uh, they don't go through like traditional complete metamorphosis. They will like stay in her back in their little pods that are kind of covered and she really is there to help protect them and make sure that they go on to the next phase of life. And after the three to four months are done, 
then they will just emerge from her back as little toadlets about an inch long and off into the world they go. And uh, yes, that is horrifying does, to watch. <laughs> does, does she make it? Does the mother survive? Yes. This process? Really? Yeah. It yes. almost sounds like they're like, it almost sounds like they're feeding they're from like, her, which kind of is what, right? The, yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, like, she's like gross. <laughs> right. And like, yeah. yeah so, okay. Not, okay. This is, this is mm-hmm. quite gross, but I, I yes. have two children. I've been pregnant twice. Exactly. And it, that also is super duper gross when you really think about what's happening. It doesn't yep. look, yeah, you enough. can't see it. I think that's the difference. You can't see the, uh, uh, the child seeping the child. calcium from your bones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's happening. And so, so right. having experienced this, Certainly I'm kind of like, all right, yeah. I mean, that's gross, but, but it sounds familiar. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's A pretty much of, that. It's just out yeah. of her back rather than, you know, out of a vagina. There Which, we go. Wow. Fair. And like, I, I didn't say I'll end this on a really nice little note. Um, like these, there's a reason why they're called like st- little, uh, why they're called star finger toads at the end of each of their little like fingers are little like, um, it looks like the, the ends of their fingers look like stars. That's really cool. It's pretty much what it is, which is really cute. Um, and they use their fingers that, to kind of search I don't think it makes up for, for the, things, you know, the baby holes covering their back, like no, it really doesn't. The worst but is I there's tried. some pictures of like when the babies have come out and there's just like empty holes Ugh. all over their back. Ugh. Yeah, That's, those are the toughest pictures, I think. I I agree. Look them up. Look them up, folks. It'll be on our Instagram and Facebook pages, and absolutely our mastodon probably. But uh, that's what that's, I have um, for you this yeah, week. Yeah, we'll get it there. <laughs> That is astounding strategy. If you are essentially an island on a river, that seems like a good way to protect your young. You're not leaving them behind. You've got all the defenses. Take them with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like it works out really well, but it's it's also you know kind of gross from human perspective. Very gross (laughs) and kind of horrifying. Um, you know, there's a so, podcast right now where all these toads are hearing about humans and the human birthing <laughs> process. And they're like, oh, oh my yeah. God, placental oh, mammals God. are gross. Ah. Horrifying. Absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Awful. Um, so my sources this week uh, were Wikipedia. Uh, the San Diego Zoo had a really, really great. Um, they had a really great uh animal bio for this particular one as well as um the usgs had a really good uh article about the suriname frog so suriname toad i should say uh so that's all that i believe that we have this week maura where can people find you uh stalk you what do you got to plug Oh, please don't stalk. I, 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 I prefer stalk, no stalking. Actually, yeah, that's that's yeah. definitely my preference. No, 
But yeah, no if stocking. you want to find out more about All Around Science, that is our website, allaroundscience.com. Uh, where you can find us on Facebook and Discord under the same name, All Around Sci on Twitter and TikTok. And you can have you can find us wherever fine podcasts are sold, uh, whatever whatever streaming service you use, um, we're on there. So we would love to hear from your listeners if they enjoy today. And and I did talk a little bit about glass frogs and uh, transparent animals a few weeks ago. So if you want to learn a little more about glass frogs, then you can uh, hop on and look for the episode about transparency. Sweet. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Thanks, everyone, for listening to today's show. Be sure to subscribe. New episodes drop every Wednesday, and we love sharing this strange world with all of our listeners. If you would be so kind as to leave us a five-star review, that would be great. It lets other lovers of the strange discover the show. You can reach out to us on social media by searching for Strange by Nature Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can send us an email as well. Our address is contact at strangebynaturepodcast.com. If you want more information about the show, you can also check out our website, which is strangebynaturepodcast.com. Until next week, get outside, stay curious, and embrace the strange. Laura, Laura, nah, why did I say Laura? It's okay, it happens a lot. Take it again. Well, that's all we have this week. Uh, Mara, Mara, what am I doing? <laughs> You're not Goodness. awake yet is what's it's going okay, on. It's okay, it's all good. Yeah, I've not had coffee Third time's yet. a charm. Well, that's all we have for this week. Uh, Mara, my goodness. Well, that's all we have this week. Mara, Mara, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> the last Dude, second i is... always like overthink it okay i should just include all of these yeah in the uh yeah the outtakes or something just rough today i haven't had coffee yet <laughs>